Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be chatting about the card that broke the Pokemon TCG Live for a day and the subsequent problems that followed after the issue was discovered. It was it was really, truly a mess. We'll talk about <laughs> uh, some brand new cards that were revealed um, that'll be coming to a new Pokemon TCG set this fall. We'll also talk about the reveal of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet 151, the way that we're going to be getting Pokemon card 151 this winter. We'll, of course, have everyone's favorite segment, Guess That Flavor Text. And then we'll close out this episode by chatting about the results from the Japan Championships and then also... Look forward to what we have in store in the upcoming current standard format. With Paldea Evolved, there's the Puerto Rico special event this weekend. May or may not be happening. We'll talk more about that as we get to it. My name is Chip Ritchie, joined here as always by my co-host and friend, Azul GG. What's up, Azul? You have a good week, man? Yeah, this week was uh, pretty good, pretty normal. It was. It felt really nice to like not be traveling uh, I will say, I don't know what the seasons are like in Raleigh, but August is not the fall and September is not the winter chips. <laughs> Those sets are releasing a little bit sooner than I think like that's the usual time frame, though. I think that's okay, where your head sure. is probably the at. fall <laughs> sets. Well, it's like it's it's I think like Pokemon uh, like Scarlet Violet 151 is like obviously supposed to be the holiday set. Right. But maybe not, I guess, if it is releasing yeah. in September. So maybe not. Yeah, maybe they'll be they might do something. Do they usually do a holiday set. Now that you're bringing that up, that makes me think I don't even. Yeah celebrations shining fates champions those path. Are, yeah those are always like October, or not shining November, fates right? but champions path was yeah they usually there's usually like a special mini set that comes out in november what about the 25th anniversary set when did that release november i'm pretty sure November. but there's no way they do another set besides 151 no right yeah i don't think so so this is this is that set but yeah it's not coming out <laughs> it's coming out in september okay we'll talk bad. about that a little bit also more. celebrations fact checking did release october so still like holiday yeah, time frame more towards yeah. end of year maybe they will mm -hmm. do something though because there isn't really anything to fill that maybe there's is there gonna be a major set release in october or maybe we'll get another well, major set towards the end of the year obsidian flames comes out august right yeah so september october like yeah november would be in time for another main set release right yeah three october months. november december there's nothing planned yet so there probably is gonna be something that's three months of no new pokemon set so there's definitely something coming out there for sure i feel like uh we don't know what it is yet but yeah my week was good uh kind of it feels nice Kind of like having two weeks in a row of like a consistent schedule is nice. Meal prepping on Mondays, streaming throughout the week, uh, making YouTube videos and all that stuff, coaching. But of course, you know, it's going to all be I'm leaving for NAIC Monday next week. So I get like one more or six more days of like this kind of uh, more consistent lifestyle, which is nice. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to that break between NAIC and Worlds, to be honest, because I got like a, a full month break in there. So I'm really looking forward to that, to be honest, after having this last couple of weeks. It's pretty much ship? the only oh. full month you get out of the yeah. year. Right? Yeah, if I go to if you go to everything, yeah. Right. It's There's like that. I just noticed you got your logo done back <laughs> behind on the wall. Oh yeah. Lorelai Lorelai got me that for my uh for my birthday. And nice. it just got uh finished. It's actually made of wood. It's got like a nice finish on it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It lights that up too. Good. I don't have it plugged in right now though, but it does light up behind it. So it definitely fills yeah. like what was a blank space on the wall yeah. before. So <laughs> it's like perfect. It like perfectly fills that, That's that section. Um, but yeah, how was your how was your week, Chip? Anything yeah. new, crazy? No, not really. Yeah, it was pretty just normal, chill week. Similar to you, it was kind of nice to like not have to be traveling. It's kind of chilling at home with the family and stuff. Uh, it was Father's Day this past weekend as well. Oh, so happy my... first Father's yeah, yeah. Day, my first Father's Day. So we 
kind of just relaxed, didn't do anything super special. Um, Brooke cooked like a really good dinner and then also went and picked up breakfast from one of our favorite breakfast places in the morning as well. So yeah, it was a good fun day. Samuel got me a bunch of little gifts with <laughs> with his money that he went out and purchased. So <laughs> you yeah, got him working fun. already at this young gym. <laughs> right, right. One of our neighbors recently asked me. Uh, oh, and he he. I was walking the dog <laughs> Sunday afternoon. And he asked me if Samuel was gonna uh, be cooking me dinner, and I said, <laughs> "Oh no, not quite there yet." <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. It was a good weekend. Um, our dog's been like a little sick the last I'm actually pretty tired because the last two nights our dog has been pretty sick and I've had to take her outside uh, like every two hours. It's I'm like back on the oh, newborn man. schedule almost. So uh, <laughs> I think if she does it again tonight, we've whenever she's having like just upset stomach issues mm-hmm. and she's had it a couple times before. And usually like if we just switch her diet to just rice and chicken for yeah uh a couple days it'll like kind of reset but we've done that and it just hasn't really reset so if she has another bad night tonight i'm taking her to the vet tomorrow morning but hopefully she'll be okay it seems like she i mean she's in like she doesn't seem lethargic or like she's not acting sick except when she's urgently asking to go outside every two hours which is not super normal um how old is uh pepper she is six. She'll be six this fall. Yeah. Oh, so not even that old yet. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully everything's all right. Don't got to take them in, but even if you do, hopefully Pepper's doing okay. Um. But yeah, let's go ahead. Let's get into it to start off with. We got some <clears throat> general announcements, and we'll probably make this like a regular segment of the podcast if there's anything to just kind of quickly throw out there. Uh, the yeah. First sometimes thing is there's the... like something that comes out that like yeah. we just want to talk about real quick, but we don't want to commit a full segment to it. So we'll just do like a couple announcements at the start of episodes when it's necessary. Yeah. So to start off with, uh, for those of you who don't know, we do have the Patreon up and running. Um, appreciate all the support from all of you as always, whether just be listening to the podcast giving us a like, leaving a comment, whatever. But if you want to support us any further, go check out the Patreon. There'll be a link for that in the description, of course. Uh, and then the second thing, which is probably a lot of you are going to be excited to hear if you didn't know about it, is that there will be, and I kind of thought this was going to happen. It was going to happen no matter what, at, at, at any some point, because people, some people just weren't going to, were going to like retract their registrations, right? But there are more NAIC slots opening up for Masters TCG and VGC, which are, the two biggest actually i don't even know how many people are on vgc but i would assume they're pretty close to a thousand um yeah i think so yeah yeah. more slots opening up for gcg and vgc i've been kind of mentioning it to people who i've talked to who haven't quite got their slots yet or even i mentioned on the podcast not maybe not last week or the week before that like a fourth wave this isn't quite i would uh, i wouldn't quite deem this a fourth wave but potentially more slots would be potentially opening up and that does look like uh, or that is what is happening here Uh, i believe it's tomorrow right so as your yeah listening to this potentially so it, it, it's this not tomorrow it's today whatever today. <laughs> it's tomorrow for us but it's today yeah. for if for you're everyone listening else listening to this, today, to this. The episode comes out yeah so we don't know how many slots the uh rk9 tweeted a very limited number of masters tcg and vgc naic seats will be released uh tuesday june 20th so that's today at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern uh, it's understood that this likely will not meet demand. Yeah, probably not. Uh, however, all involved felt a limited chance was better than none. So I imagine this is like a mix of people who canceled their registration slash maybe they found a couple extra tables uh, for venue space or venue space for tables. Yeah, probably like some reconfiguring of existing space or maybe moving some things out of the hall that were originally in the hall. Like usually at 
the ICs, they'll have some booths that are promotional things for like upcoming video game projects, right? Like there's, uh, I remember at NAIC, I think it was last year at NAIC, there was this big booth for like Scarlet and Violet because it was coming out of um, like, you could get your picture taken with all the starters and stuff like that with like statues of the starters. So maybe some of that stuff's gotten rearranged. They found a way to get some more tables in the the building. I, I promise purchasing tables is not the issue. It's just with the <laughs> space <laughs> that they have reserved. It's the issue of yeah, finding uh, space for the tables, plenty of table. Yeah. I'm sure the convention center has plenty of tables. Um, yeah, the only other thing I was like thinking, and I actually don't think they should do this, but I saw someone like mention why do they why don't they just get rid of like the uh free play areas and uh you know all the stuff that is not competitive areas but i don't i don't think that's like i actually think they should be adding more of that kind of stuff yeah that stuff's still really more, important yeah they want the event and the event should eventually grow more and more to where it's more of an event and less of a just a competition less of just a tournament and more of an event so i i think we don't want to be removing anything and if anything we just want to be adding more stuff while also hopefully creating more space for competitors of course I think inevitably, though, things will get to the point where um, like if the game keeps growing at a similar pace to what it is, and maybe it'll slow down a little bit. But I mean, <clears throat> if the game does keep growing, eventually, theoretically, you get to a point where you're going to have to maybe take stuff that exists in the main room and move it to a different room. Like that's probably unfortunate, but yeah. it would be. But like, I mean, you think about like I think about um uh, like the World Series of Poker is happening right now in Vegas. Um, and there's like, they, they have two whole hotels that are hosting the thing. And it's like different tournaments are happening in different buildings and stuff like that. Now, obviously, like this is a drop in the bucket compared to what's going on over there in Vegas, right? But, you know, you get to a point eventually and it's like, if you rent out the whole convention center, the whole convention center doesn't become just one big massive hall, right? It's multiple halls. So you, yep. uh, you, you have to put things in different places, right? So maybe that's something they'll have to do at some point, but I, I do also personally enjoy the feel of just everything being in the same place. Right. So if the people who are just casually sitting back playing, or there's the parents playing in the poke parent tournament, which is something they announced as a side event this year, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, you know, you can go from that to like go sit down and watch the tournament happening at the big stage. So, I mean, like theoretically, if we keep using the Columbus Convention Center, which who knows, maybe it just sticks there for a while. Uh, I mean, we're not even getting close to <laughs> that thing's max capacity yeah. for sure. Like, because I was there for Origins and like Origins was the whole convention center, I think. But that like, you could walk for a while <laughs> in like the main. Yeah, it's not all in the same. Yeah. <laughs> You could in the main like hall area where we usually play, having that whole thing opened up just for one event, like you could walk walk for a while. So there's still definitely plenty of room to potentially be utilized. Cause like last time for NAIC last time there was like that um here I got the map of the convention center Plexus or whatever next to us. Like if we just took over the hall that we had last year plus the Plexus hall that was going on next to us and just take over both halls, then it would be like plenty of space for uh for probably the foreseeable future. I'm pretty sure last year we were in hall C and D, correct? Mm -hmm. So like this long ways, but this year we're in hall A and B. Mm, okay. So it's more square footage. So it's already going to be bigger, but I mean, yeah, theoretically, like not by a whole ton though. I mean, I mean it's, it? it's a decent bit. It's like, yeah, it's like 150 to 200. Yeah. So it's like yeah. a, a third, a third bigger. Okay. Yeah. And there, it's like, it was roomy. It, there was, it was spacious at NAIC last year, which I think it should, you shouldn't feel cramped. Like OTIC yeah. was like, 
did not fe- it did not have like that same it was just cramped <laughs> like i don't know how to say it. it was otic was so cramped um but it's nice to have that you know it's nice to make it like not to have everything like clustered together and there's plenty of room to like walk around and not feeling super cramped like the regionals although that probably won't get fixed for regionals but that's kind of fine you know yeah but i will say uh, part of this also will be taken up by pokemon unite like pokemon unite's going to be at oh, yeah, this yeah. tournament too which it was at yeah. uic as well and, and vg will be bigger than it was and, last year as well yep 100 percent. go will probably be bigger than it was last year as well like i mean all I the games that one. Were... <laughs> i was just thinking about like regional Throwing numbers shade, go is still bro. about the same no i'm just saying like, i don't know how much go well, the competitive goes he's grown i don't know if it's that's it doesn't true. seem like it's grown much yeah well Go's having an issue because literally the only people who get an invite are the people who get first and second place in their tournament they don't have championship points for ic's or for worlds for, for worlds. regionals like the only people yeah. who get who the no, only but... people is IC, are ICs open events though? Yeah, yeah, United, yeah, yeah. United's a closed event. I know that. An, they are United's open events, only. but they have not. They they have nothing to play for. Yeah, besides first or second. Besides first or second, there is cash uh, as well, but uh, like they're not like their cash play table is the same as ours. But I don't think they'll hit. They might hit two hundred, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll one thing I was going to mention after you mentioned, um, oh, if we're going to, we'll definitely slow down. I thought hopefully the ICs maintain their numbers i think they will uh but like regionals will definitely slow down they'll plateau or slow de- or even make maybe take a dip because we'll have locals theoretically back in full force next season which is definitely a big reason a lot of these regionals are so big is because the only way to like reasonably get your invite is to go to a bunch of regionals um and people have that you know that drive to want to play pokemon they're not playing locally every weekend and stuff like that for like cups and challenges so instead of like doing that commit the extra time to you know go into more regionals so we'll definitely see a little bit of a plateau or maybe there's less growth next season, which is fine. I like regional level events, but hopefully IC still say still stay pretty big. But um, I think we're ready to move on to uh, the next topic, which is uh, kind of a constant topic, <laughs> but it was interesting specifically this week. And of course, we're talking about PDCG Live and the Spiritum card that uh, completely Bro, no broke leaks. the game. We're, we were gonna get there. We were gonna get there. Okay, okay, go ahead, take over. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta paint. We gotta paint the picture. Sure, 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 sure. Everyone knows everyone, about it, Chip. They, not everyone's totally in the loop. That's you true. Know? Some people have been so uh, pissed off about PDCG Live that they haven't played it for a while, so they don't know. But now you're all gonna know. Go ahead, Chip. <laughs> so I mean, this. I think the first tweet I saw about this was uh, something Xander Perot put out where he yeah. said, today I learned that in TCG Live, if you attack with a certain semi-meta Pokemon, the game state breaks for your opponent and they cannot take any actions. So Xander like found out about this probably just through natural testing, I would imagine, or practicing, yeah. like testing on the ladder, whatever it is. And it's been in quite um, a pickle to have attacked with Spiritomb, though. Be the first person to attack with spirit too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, you never know, man. You start that thing, you got nothing better to do. Turn one, going second, right? Just get that yeah. guy out of there, clear bench space. Um, but yeah, so he didn't tweet what it was. I think probably because he of how unbelievably easily exploitable this would be, and it yeah. didn't take long for people to kind of catch on. And Azul's already said it as well. The card in question is Spiritomb. It has the ability that if it's uh, in play, all basic Pokemon V do not have any abilities or cannot use any of their abilities. Uh, But it also has the attack Fade Out, only deals 10 damage, but then you return it from play into your hand. And apparently when you use the attack, as outlined in this video here from Trust Your Pilot that we're playing... 
PTCG Live totally freezes for your opponent. They are unable to do anything, and they're completely locked out of the game, and they can't even back out of the game. Their only way to get out of this, if you get hit with the fade out from Spirit Tomb, is to close your client. <laughs> oh, you can't even like concede. You can't no, even like. No, you have to. Oh, close I didn't even know it was game. that. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious, man. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I I just feel like no one's surprised, right? <laughs> like even I I actually streamed PTC July for the first time in a long time on Sunday. My second game, I tweeted out that it was my first game, but it was actually my second game. My second game, I got. I don't know what the. I was something to do with Temple of Sinnoh, but I got locked out of the game. Yeah. Like Temple of Sinnoh's been, been broken for a while. Gardevoir's yeah. been broken for a while. Like, I haven't streamed PTCG Live in over a month. I think it's been over a month. And then the second game that I play <laughs> on PTCG Live, I get locked out. Like, that's so ridiculous. And I just, like, didn't want to play anymore. I was like, dude, even if it's only, like, what I was saying, too, like, even one of ten games is, so like, if, you, if you're, like, three games into playing on PTCG Live and the fourth game you just hit a game, a game freezing bug, it's just, like, it's like give no drive or motivation to like want to continue playing. It's like, well, what happens next game? I'm just keep continuously wasting time. And it feels extreme, especially bad. Now, this isn't like a rag on Pokemon as a game, and I mentioned this on my stream. But in that set of two games, the first game I played, I drew poorly, right? So I got donked. It's like, okay, whatever. Go into the next game. The next game, I had a game freezing bug on like turn three. So the last 10, 15 minutes, I literally didn't do anything. I didn't play Pokemon. And it just it doesn't make you want to queue up into the next game, right? Um yeah, I don't think like the the donk factor is like a, a rag on the current state of like Pokemon. A lot of people like to say Pokemon is like super luck based. I don't agree with that. But like, you know, having those unfortunate games where you just draw dead basically and your opponent KOs your only Pokemon in play or only two Pokemon in play into a bug is just like so draining. It was just it just is not fun. So the other thing kind of interesting that ended up happening with Spirit Tomb, because like once this got out, of course people are gonna start <laughs> abusing it, right? People are gonna start yeah. using it. People started tweeting optimal spiritum deck lists you know just getting through the deck the meta of the spiritum mirror started to evolve because players were queuing into the mirror constantly so you had people like using clef keys in the active spots to try because to apparently shut down it's a combination of tombs the combination of spiritum's ability being active while it fade outed or something so clef key shutting off spiritum's ability yeah. yeah unlock did not allow them to lock you so <laughs> It became like a meta within the meta, and it's like just a game of who can fade out first to just get yeah. the free win with the Spirit Tomb being like with the Klefki not being there in play. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just really became. And and the thing that's crazy about this, the it got to this point because Pokemon didn't do anything for hours. Like this became known pretty early in the day on the 15th what was that like this past friday or thursday this past thursday and uh i like it was I, in the game for like seven or eight hours before they finally banned the card and they did eventually ban the card uh yeah. while they're attempting to figure out what's wrong right attempting to fix it it did eventually get banned it was no longer legal for play you got a notification when you logged into the game but then it didn't take long for people from there to figure out that the spear tomb was just the the tip of the iceberg here. <laughs> because apparently what the real issue was is it has something to do with an ability locking Pokemon being in your active spot and then returning to your hand. The act of that happening is what caused the game to break. Yeah. And so 
eventually people started playing Ting Lu decks on the ladder where they would just put the Ting Lu in the active spot and then use Penny to pick it up. They would put Empoleon V in the active spot to do the same thing. This led to Pokemon deciding to ban Penny for, a, little for while, yeah. a few hours at Thursday night, which was during the late night tournament, which like 300 people were yeah. playing in. So <laughs> I think there was a bunch of people who were using Penny in their deck that had to swap it for like a basic energy or something like that. Um, so, I mean, the fact that that's happening in the middle of a, a big online tournament is kind of funny. Um, and then eventually they unbanned Penny, but in return banned every card in the format that has something to do with removing your opponent's abilities. Yeah. <laughs> they got rid of Spiritomb, Tinglu, Klefki, Gorbis, Empoleon, and Aerodactyl V-Star. And the thing about this, too, is that NAIC is in, like, two weeks, and all of these cards, with the exception of, like, Gorbis and then maybe Tinglu and Empoleon... Like even then, like people want to be testing things. Yeah, you never know. like Gorbis is, bad is probably the good. only one that it's like, okay, who cares? Gorbis is gone. These other five cards are all pretty relevant cards, and then specifically Spiritomb, Klefki, and Aerodactyl V Star. Those are massive cards in the meta, and they just are banned from the game, and they're still banned to the this day right now. If you try to log into TCG yeah. Live, you'll get a notification that says that all of these cards are banned and unable to be used. I think Tinglu is actually maybe the worst offender because it's a new card, right? It's a, and it's outside of competitive. When the game releases, you want to be playing the new cards, right? How long? Is the, how long is? Uh, I mean, Spirit Tomb like is also now, a new right? card, right? And yeah, Spirit exactly. Tomb, well, Tinglu is like, like a whole deck, right? Like imagine if Chi and Pao got banned, like that yeah, hurts worse sure, than Spirit sure. Tomb, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like you can't even play. Like I, that's actually the I deck I wanted saying. to play on Sunday, but I forgot it was banned. I was like, oh, I actually want to try some kind of Turbo Tinglu deck. Let's give it a shot. Oh wait, it's banned. I can't even play the new card right that's just like it's so bad it's such a mess <clears throat> um yeah i don't know what else to say <laughs> it's sad it is it's definitely a sad state of affairs and uh it's kind of just like a cycle it feels like right you retweeted this tweet as all about the the tcg live program problem right it's a free-to-play game so no money is generated by the game with no money generated, there's no incentive to add money to the game's maintenance. And because there's no money added, there's no resources to fix bugs quickly. More bugs entered through the game through updates because more cards are constantly is, yeah. coming out. And then bugs are fixed at a slower rate than they're introduced and discovered. And it's just a yeah. cycle that continues <laughs> and continues and continues on and on forever. Yeah, and like that's like specifically a big fear uh, because new sets are coming out not that far away, right? We have these problems right now, but uh, Obsidian Flames comes out on August 11th. Would you could talk about that actually right now a little bit? So, um, uh, was it Ruler of the Black Flame comes out on July 21st, 27th, 27th, July 28th, July 28th. That's the Japanese set. Yeah, um, Ruler of the Black Flame. Comes out on July 28th. And I think it is just a one set. You know how Japan usually has like the two sets? Well, that's like not really that big of a deal, to be honest. Um, comes out on July 28th. And then only two weeks later, our set that contains cards from Ruler of the Black Flame on August 11th comes out. That's actually interesting. So we could talk about that first. A two-week difference between us and Japan. Do you think it's going to become... Well, we're hoping it becomes the norm, right? So that's really cool, right? But then we also yeah. have Pokemon card 151 that is out currently in Japan. In Japan, yeah. 
and we're not getting it until September. Yeah. So the Japanese <laughs> right. players are currently playing with the cards. They're legal over there to be playing with in all their local tournaments or whatever. They I don't know that much about the local Japanese circuit and stuff like that. I think that the Japan Championships is maybe the end uh, for them before Worlds. But um, Pokemon card 151 is legal over there. And then when it comes time for Worlds, those cards are not going to be legal. They're not going to be able to play with them. And then that's also true for the cards from Ruler of the Black Flame because that set will also be out and also be legal in Japan for Worlds, but it won't be legal because it has not come out in America yet. It has not come out from TPCI yeah. in the western part of the world. So well, That's not anything new, but it did it did feel like we were getting on track to the point where uh, we're going into Worlds, us and Japan would be on the same uh And it's format. two massive sets that we don't have. Yeah. Um, so the 151 thing is weird for sure, right? That one feels weird. They're get, like we're getting it out of order of Japan, which it felt like we were going to be getting on in line and on track with the similar releases as to Japan. But now we're just like way off, right? Because <laughs> we're not getting 151 now. Hopefully, but then then this ruler of the Black Flame uh, slash Obsidian Flames, which is our set, lining up so close together, does give me some hope that we're still we're still headed on the right direction, right? Sure. We're obviously not like, and even like going into this year with us matching them, and as far as rotation goes, right um not at the exact same time but in the same blocks right we play, we've played the exact same format as japan every uh every step of the way not on the same time frames but every step of the way up until this point where they're going to get 151 and we're going to get obsidian flames before our 151 right so that's like the only yeah. break so far this year so it does feel like we're in the right track maybe this 151 slash obsidian flames set release schedule they just had to like mix it up that way right um so hopefully leading to the next major set release after Rule of the Black Flame, after Obsidian Flames, hopefully, once again, it's only like two weeks difference. That'd be sick. But uh, <laughs> this does cause potentially big problems for PDCG Live because uh, Obsidian Flames is not that far away, first of all, right? Obsidian Flames is not that far away. We're like a, uh, two, no, less than two months, right? A month and a week out or something. And then only, what, uh, uh, three weeks after Obsidian Flames comes out? Uh the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet 151 comes out, right? Yeah. So that's a lot of new cards coming out in a very short time span. And we've already seen how hard it is for them to handle. Like, Guardi's still not fixed. And that was a Scarlet and Violet, and that came out three months ago. It took, it's past the, the set after Scarlet and Violet, and Guardi still hasn't been fixed. Temple they of Sinnoh still problems. doesn't work. What was that? Temple of Sinnoh doesn't work. Backscalibur breaks the game sometimes, too. Like... Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's new bugs. They haven't fixed the, car the Scarlet and Violet bugs. Uh, we got new bugs in Paldea Evolved, and then we have two big sets. Well, one really big set with the uh, Obsidian Flames, and then one reasonably big set with a lot of decent cards with interesting interactions. A lot of the cards are interesting, right? From the 151 set, and they're coming in like three months, uh, three months separate. And yeah, actually, there's a pilot suite about it. <clears throat> Only 42 days separate the addition of 350 unique cards to the game. It's just going to be a train wreck. By the end of this year, Azul, like, are we are we going to be looking at a twenty card ban list of things that are just broken and unplayable on TCG Live? Um, maybe. Oh wait, okay. I thought. Oh, okay, I thought trust. Uh, the the when when I initially read trust your pilot suite, I thought they were talking about from the day from when they put out that tweet. They have more time than that. Um. No, it's between the 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 amount of time between the two sets. Yeah, but they're but that's not going to be three hundred fifty plus unique cards. Obsidian Flames will be out. When I read Pilot Suite initially, I thought they were talking about from today until 
151 releases. That's the actual time frame, which oh, is like sure, plus sure. plus a month and a half or a month and a week. But yeah, that's like that threw me off a little bit. But, yeah, but that, theoretically, that, 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 you that know, if they're working no on sense. Obsidian <laughs> Flames yeah. up until it comes out, then they only have 42 days to work on Pokemon Card 151. I mean, they're right? probably working on both of them right now. They're, like, they've got to be. They have to be. There's but no then who's working, working on the on broken game that sits in front of us, you know? I have no uh, they better ask Puka to get in there, bro. They need some help, bro. Get anyone in here. Um, I, I don't know. Hopefully they have someone. Hopefully they're hiring more people. I don't know. But they got a lot to work on. Two pretty decent sized sets. I mean, two big sets, right? Yeah, 190 basically, and 160. Yeah, two basically. Well, one major set release in Obsidian Flames. And it's got, 151 is not far from a major set release in terms of numbers. But I think actually 151 has more um, unique cards on average than a major set release. With all the abilities, um, yeah, basically all the abilities. Yeah, there's a ton of abilities in 151. There's a lot I think, less like just vanilla Pokemon. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. In 151, it's a, it's basically on par, if not above average, of a major set release in terms of like unique uh, effects and stuff like that. So I I'm just it it feels hopeless to be honest with the, with this on the horizon. It just feels uh, PTCG Live feels hopeless. Yeah, can you imagine what's going to happen with Alakazam, a Pokemon that can attack from the bench? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no shot that it's going to, yeah, it's not going to go well. Uh, I remember but, listening. I think I talked about this on the podcast in the past, but I remember listening to Brent Halliburton talk about this on his podcast, Trash Lanch, a while ago in regards to PTCGO, right? And he thinks back to when, like, the people who are making these games, PTCGO in the past and then PTCG Live now, the people who are making these games are not making the cards, right? Yep. Which is different from games like, um, you know, Hearthstone or Runeterra, like all these like digital Marvel games Snap. that exist, yep. Marvel Snap, mm -hmm. right? Like the people who are making the game are also designing and making the cards, or they're at least like collaborating together, right? It might be two yeah. separate teams within the same company. But that's just not the case here, right? Creatures Inc. in Japan creates the Pokemon cards, and then they just get shown to the people who are making TCG live and they have to tell them, yep, here you go. These are the cards, make them work. So whenever you've coded a game in a specific way, and then now they come with something to you, that's like this Pokemon can attack from the bench. The example that Brent Halliburton gave when he was talking about this was Skyfield back when that came out in roaring skies, like the, the way that your game is hard coded for five years is that there can only ever be five Pokemon on someone's bench. Sometimes there'll be something that makes them have less, but there can only be maximum of five. And then now there's this super meta relevant stadium card that comes out that says, now you can have eight Pokemon on your bench. And they're like, we have to go fix five years worth of coding <laughs> and stuff that's gone down. Um, I think the problem there is like, if you just have a better baseline, right? If you have something better to work with from the beginning, um, yeah, I could see that. I'm, but but Direwolf made it work, right? I, PTCGO. We we eventually, see that eventually is... for a long time on set releases, there were issues pretty much. It wasn't regularly. this bad though. Not this bad. It was not this bad, but it was not uncommon that a card would not interact correctly the way it was meant yeah. to. Yeah, on release, was bugged for like and it would nine take a few weeks to 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 fix. It was not uncommon that that would happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But but it's like just mind blowing that it's. PTCGO was better about pretty much everything. It got uh, to the point where it was gameplay wise. For sure. It got yeah, to yeah. The, yeah. There yeah. was a long well, time where PTCGO, like the, the complaints that we're having right now, back in like 2017, 2018, like we were having these same complaints about TCGO. I don't know about 2017, 2018. It was definitely 
I don't think we're having this level of uh probably not to this place. level. Probably yeah. not to this level. It wasn't but, to this level. Like not that I remember anyways. I remember being able to just like play games on PDCGO. I don't know. Well, I think definitely the last like from like 2019, 2020 onward, like uh, pretty much the big one that we talk about a lot is the beast energy thing that was broken yeah. on on PTCGO for years, like or not or not months. years, but it was it was broken for like almost a year, right? You said nine yeah. months, mm -hmm. um, where the the damage calculation did not work correctly. It finally got fixed, but since then, like pretty much from 2019 onward, I don't remember there being anything like disgustingly game breaking that wasn't yeah. addressed and fixed right away. Yeah, but even like throughout that period of the beast energy time, like which was which was almost a year, nothing else was like that bad throughout that time either. It was just beast energy. Mm -hmm. There was also like one problem with like Glissopod for a little while as well, but it got that got fixed sooner. But yeah, like it, it just feels like this is, and it's supposed to be like once again we're, that was like way back then. We're like in 2023 now. It's supposed to be better, right? It's, it shouldn't even feel on par with PTCGO. It should feel better than PTCGO, right? Yeah. At the rate that stuff gets fixed and changed, like. Or yeah, it's 2023. <laughs> like things should be better than than what it was five years ago or whatever. So, yeah, pretty deflating, pretty unfortunate. A um, little bit scary with those two new sets releasing so close to each other. But um, at least we can talk about some of the cards. The cards are still cool, and of course we can always be instead of playing on PTC Live, playing IRL, or playing on like tabletop or limitless uh, tabletop simulator. There's a couple EXs that have already been leaked from Obsidian Flames. Yeah, and the thing can, I'm uh, the most excited about with this is that they're finally doing something semi-unique with the Terra. Yeah, EX. kind of. Kind yeah. of. They basically just made the Pokemon a different color, right? I feel like that's all they did yeah. here. The, <laughs> but this I feel little like... box, I, I feel like this little box, like, just might as well not exist. Like, it's yeah. really not that big of a difference. Like, it's kind of cool, and it will be probably relevant at some point that these cards have this effect. But I am glad to at least see them. Like it would have been so annoying if we get this ice Q and it's a water type and this Tyranitar <laughs> is a rock type and this Charizard is a, a fire type, right? Like I'm glad that it's at least mixed up a little bit. Yeah, and I think this does mean we haven't seen too much of this set yet. So I think it is possible we get some kind of trainer cards and abilities on certain Pokemon that interact with Terra Pokemon. Sure. Right. I think that is possible that we will see that. Otherwise, yeah, labeling the labeling them as Terra Pokemon. All it does, it does make them look cool. I guess they're kind of cool. They all have hats, though. Like <laughs> that's crowns. Yeah, that's how they work in the game. That's, that's ugly, but... Have you not seen it in the games? No. Oh, what? I don't like the hats. The hats are goofy. <laughs> that's how the mechanic works. You, like, use... Dragonite has extra wings on its... It has, like a, like, a chest piece on its head with a wing. Do you see that? You scroll down. Which Pokemon? Dragonite. No, no, yeah. no, scroll up. It's not released yet. Dragonite's not... We don't have it. It's just on the pack art. Oh, you got yeah, there. that's the yeah. uh, that's the dragon type Terra type symbol. Yeah, that's stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, but yeah. dude, Tyranitars, you can't really see it very well in the pack art, but it's a light bulb. Dude, I hate these. This is like the little like uh, red uh, frosting clouds that were around the VMAX Pokemon's head. It just takes away, in my opinion, it takes go. away from the art of the cards because it just looks goofy. Yeah, that is just goofy, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they all look like. <laughs> Fire, Terra type. Like, it's a little uh, chandelier. Uh, shan chandelier? Chandel this is not a chandelier. You should be Candlestick. careful Googling. Uh... <laughs> this because... is the, 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 the ground Dude, type these one. These are so ugly, bro. <laughs> the what? water type one. Yeah, you haven't these seen this? Are, no, the normal these are hideous. Type. 
the flying type. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Hideous. I do need to be careful clicking around on Google. But I was gonna say, yeah, googling images of Pokemon is not. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful out there. Um, but we, yeah, let's, we can take a look at some of these new cards. Hopefully, they do more with the Terra trainer cards or some abilities on certain Pokemon interacting with Terra Pokemon. Yeah, uh, but we can take a look at let the me, EXs here at least. Let me say ahead, one thing real quick before we thing. get go into ahead, it. Ahead. Like the the thing that kind of stands out to me, I am happy that they're doing something unique, semi-unique, right? They're doing something a little different um, to just give, like, even if it's like something small, right? Just something that's unique and different gives you more reason to try to like explore different things. But I will say it's like kind of annoying that something like this Charizard EX the attacks for fire energy is a dark type, right? Because you think point. about the cards that interact with dark types in the format, it's like dark patch. So you can't you read its ability. Well, yeah, I mean, this card is good. Like, I'm just talking about in general. I'm not talking about this card specifically. I'm just talking about like is the it... idea of typing these Pokemon. That's the point is that the energy cost is uh, like count, like not counteractive to its type, but like off. Right. If the, if the but, type of, on T-Tar was just like lightning, that would be like, it, it might as well just not be a T-Tar. It might be as well be a Magnezone. No, and I get that. But it's like, it's just, that's just something I'm saying that it's like, um, this card can use like electric generator. You can electric generator to this Pokemon, but it only attacks for fighting energy, right? So it's like, you can, you don't even like the, the whole thing about types in the Pokemon TCG is that you have specific types of cards that work with that type, right? Like specific unique cards that work with that type feel, that don't work like, with other types. And so I feel like you're looking at, at it just based on its on its type and not its energy cost. I feel like the energy cost is where the flexibility comes from. Like if it was flipped the other way, then it would be fully based on the type. But Charizard attacking for fire energy means you combo with fire Pokemon, right? It doesn't really matter. It's just like, and they're going to build cards around these cards, right? You're looking at yeah, the flexibility sure. I'm just on one side my, and not like, the other of, side. I'm just saying what my kind of like first thoughts were when yeah. I'm like seeing these things. It's like there's it's just like you see a, one of the first things you think of when you see a dark type Pokemon is like, oh, I can use the good dark type cards in the format with it. Right. And it just yeah. doesn't work like that. You can use a good fire type Pokemon in the format with it. Yeah, but you can't use like Magma Basin with it, you know? Yeah, you can because you're gonna be playing fire pokemon with it you have charmander and charmeleon so, yeah pokemon. yeah sure sure so you can't you can use that one but it's like you can't use it onto the charizard right well, yeah so it's sure like, but you I have feel to like... make sure you do it like what if you have a hand that has research in it azul and you have to dude, evolve uh... <laughs> like dude i know but I, think, I feel like you're just looking at the flexibility from one side instead of the other like you look at the flexibility is oh it can't use dark patches as an attack for dark energy it's like okay but you can play a bunch of different fire attackers with it because it takes fire energy and it's its ability accelerates fire energy. Right? It's the same thing. It's just looking at it the other the other way. I think it's the exact same thing. And they're gonna purposely have probably made cards around these cards coming out. And there will be cards in this set and in the future that work around these cards and their specific energy types. So whether it's fighting or lightning, they would make the those same cards that work around these cards, right? The big ones at least, mm -hmm. right? So it doesn't really matter what the actual energy cost is at the end of the day. As long as the cards are fun, cool, and interesting, that's like all that truly matters. That should be the only thing that truly matters for us as players. I actually like the kind of I like the way the cards look with the other energy types on it, though. Like, if it was just a, a lightning energy, like, it looks cooler to have it, it be a fighting unique, energy and a water right? energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's go, go ahead and let's, let's get into the cards themselves. If you're ready, finally, Chip. Go ahead yeah, and read off good. the first one. We got the Ice Q EX. <laughs> I'm chilling, bro. I'm chilling. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. So it's a basic Pokemon. It is a fire type that attacks for water energies. Uh, and it has the same Terra effect as all the other Terra Pokemon. And for 
Uh, three waters, scalding block, 160 damage, discard an energy from this Pokemon. The defending Pokemon can't attack during your opponent's next turn. So this is the type of effect that could be good in the right meta where there's like a specific deck that you're trying to counter and beat that maybe doesn't play like a lot of switching cards and you're just trying to buy a turn, right? But yeah, that's a pretty niche subset for this card to fit in, right? Especially with how you would like set this up. It's going to be played in a Chien Pao with Baxcalipar. Chien Pao want to KOs anything. You don't need to slow anything down when you can just want to KO it, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I this I mean, it might have its moment eventually, but I don't see it happening anytime soon, if ever. Yeah, I don't disagree. I did want to actually talk about I actually just read the uh, Finney's in here mm-hmm. for the first time, which actually has a super powerful first attack. Uh, Brave Evolution for a water. Switch this Pokemon with one of your bench Pokemon, then search your deck for a card that evolves from this card and play it onto this Pokemon to evolve it, then shuffle your deck. That's like actually like a ridiculously powerful attack on an evolving Pokemon. Unfortunately, the evolutions aren't that good, but I thought I was just like, I just want to like, yeah, call out that attack because that, that attack is actually kind of insanely good. But yeah, yeah, it's evolved into something good as well. That is true. That is true. Uh, and it does evolve into the Palafin, which is going to be one of the pre release promos. Just has Jet Punch for a water. 30 damage, 30 to one of the bench, and then Justice Kick, 210. If this Pokemon didn't move from the bench to the active spot during this turn, this attack does nothing. So it does, like, combo with that attack. Yeah. And 210 is a lot for a one-prize Pokemon, but it's a stage one. It requires two energy. This guy's probably going to be pretty good in GLC, but in the standard formats, I don't really see it. Oh, man, did I miss over... I skipped over another one of these really powerful cards. But yeah, let's talk about the... The first big one of yeah, I was gonna say, set. didn't you do like a video on your channel, like reviewing yeah. these cards? <laughs> I, I, yeah, skipping I skipped cards? over the, the <laughs> I skipped over the Finn Pokemon. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not that good because the evolution is not that good. But maybe if we get another Palafin sometime in the future. But yeah, I've looked at the T jar before. Um, <clears throat> of course, it has a the Terra. What do, what do you call it? What would you call that? An attribute? Like the? It's not an I ability. Guess so. We have things called abilities, so you can't call it an ability. So I it think has to it be an, is attribute, like an right? attribute, yeah. So you call it, but yeah, for uh, I mean, they're just called. Energy? It's just oh, called. It, it just is. It doesn't. It's not called something. It just is a Terra Pokemon EX. Yeah, and, and all, all Terra Pokemon have EX it. have this thing. The Terra effect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we got the the Mountain Crumble one twenty. Just got the top of your cards of your deck, but one fighting for one twenty is not bad, right? Uh, and then Toll Rampage one fifty plus one hundred. If you have a Pokemon on your bench with a any damage counters on them. Do 250 damage for two fighting, which also isn't bad. Cheryl plus the one fighting seems like a cool combo. But uh, I'll, I'll, the big thing with all these EXs that I always like bring up when I read them, it's got 340 HP. Like it's tanky. It's pretty big. Um, I mean, th- it's kind of similar to Magnazone EX, right? Like it's got a one energy attack that does a decent amount of damage, and it's got a two energy attack that does a good bit more damage. It's got a lot of HP. You could combine it with Cheryl. We haven't seen anyone really take advantage of that just yet. So, I don't know. Tyranitar's um, cool, though. Yeah, I think I don't think it's going to be the... It's not the big card from this. The big card is, of course, going to be the Charizard. But before we get to the Charizard, dude, I completely skipped over the Cleffa um, as well when I did my... I only looked at the EX really? when I looked at this set before, <laughs> yeah. But the Cleffa actually... Now, I don't think anytime soon. I think we're a rotation or two away from Cleffa maybe having its moment the return of clefas of course for anyone that doesn't know we've had some eek clefas or some clefas with eek attacks in the past that have been very similar and had their been very powerful um as draw support pokemon so this clefa yeah, 30 hp clefa has a pretty solid history in the pokemon yeah. tcg like <laughs> it's got a pretty high rate of the card that 
uh, of it being good. The Neo Genesis Cleffa was like one of the best cards in that format. Same for the Heart Gold Soul Silver Cleffa was a really good card. Solid, yeah. Even um, nope. this Unbroken Bonds nope. one was used in that nope. Dollstall deck, right? No. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, no. This one wasn't. Wh which one? There was another baby. Oh, Munchlax, right? Munchlax. Yeah, Munchlax. Munchlax was the one. Yeah, my bad. Um, <laughs> well, we got a new Cleffa. Uh, 30 HP. Back to that 30 HP. Free retreat cost, which is which is what the one from Hargold Soul Silver had. I don't know if the other one had it. And then Grasping Draw, basically the exact same thing as Eek for zero energy. Draw until you have seven cards in your hand. You don't go to sleep. Still awake. You only got 30 HP, but drawing up to seven, I mean, this card is good. Like, this is just really good. But, I mean, Sableye exists, so I don't know how, how much people are going to want to be playing this, but this is definitely a good card. Yeah, definitely a solid card. It is different from the past Cleffas because those are shuffle in and draw. Yeah, that's true. So it is a bit different, but this can be better, honestly, right? Because you can play your hand down and then, you know, draw back up. But in similar ways, the other one can be better, right? Because your hand is like a little clunky and awkward that you don't have cards that you can play yeah. down. And shuffle so draw, I think, in. is definitely... Shuffle draw six is better than draw up to seven, I think, for sure. Yeah. Maybe average. it depends on the format a little bit, honestly, and like the cards that exist in the format. You have Ultra Ball, so... Right. That'd be a big piece. But yeah, I think okay, on average, yeah, draw, shuffle drawing is probably going to be a little bit, a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I do have to say, it is super weird to just be scrolling through the set reveal and it's like all the fire type pokemon are together and we see a charmander charmeleon yeah. and then we don't get to read charizard until way down here <laughs> i had that <laughs> problem already I was read tyranitar through. and then now we get to see larvitar and pupitar <laughs> yeah i was I, it's funny that you say that because it was like the exact oh it's not the exact opposite but it's kind of weird when i was looking through the 151 official set list i was like looking for the dark pokemon because i was trying to find the arbok to read it and i went to the i went to the i scrolled down really fast toward down towards the bottom found a dark Pokemon, and then I scrolled a little bit further. I was like, oh, wait, they're in the order of their number, but their oh. numbers aren't correlated to their type. So there's, like, just dark Pokemon throughout the whole set list. So you have to, like, go find them. It's not like it usually is in most major set releases. They're doing it by the, the 151 numbers. So That's kind of cool, though. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that is, like, that is like appropriate, right? Canon yeah. appropriate or whatever you want to call it. But, um, but, yeah, now we finally got to our Charizard, which, go ahead, Chip. Let them know what it does. Yep, stage two, dark type Pokemon with the infernal control ability. When you play this card from your hand to evolve a Pokemon during your turn, you may search your deck for up to three basic fire energy cards and attach them to your Pokemon in any way that you like. Then shuffle your deck and then it's attack for two fire energy, burning desire, uh, sorry, burning darkness, not, bur not burning desire, burning darkness. This attack does 30, it does 180, and then this attack does 30 more damage for each prize card your opponent has taken. So it is a stage two, but that ability is super, super powerful. Yeah, we've seen some abilities like this recently, to be honest, but they weren't combined with a 330 HP Pokemon that has a really good attack, right? Yeah. Like 180, just turn two if you're swinging with the Charizard, not bad. But I think you know, after your opponent's a... taken like four prize cards you're swinging for 300 damage right so okay close like out games wing clang in the format that does something similar to yeah, this i think there is yeah when you play this pokemon from your hand to evolve on your pokemon you may search deck for three basic energy cards and attach them to your pokemon in any way that you like we've had charizard this whole time and no one's been playing it there's no way charizard is good <laughs> <laughs> but like you said it's only a one prize or two it's got a lot of hp yeah, it has a decent attack. And then there's the other Charizard EXs that are coming out that are pretty good as well. Yeah, right? some more Charizards as well. There's a lot to potentially work with with the Charizard for sure. And that's the um, thing that makes like 
the EX mechanic, I've talked about this before, like the fact that you can play multiple pieces of like a stage two makes it work, right? Like you don't want to put a four, four, four clang clang in your deck or even like a two Oh two clang clang in your deck. If all you're doing yeah. is like doing this one thing, but the fact that this can ex like, cause you have to set up your clang clang pieces and then you ha also have to set up your main attacking pieces. Not but it. with this, you just get a bunch of Charmanders in play, evolve a couple to Charmeleon, you rare candy into one of these guys. All of a sudden, it's like it all kind of comes together, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely a lot more synergistic. And I, yeah, I think the Charger's going to be pretty good. And like I said, you can abuse any fire attacker in the game as well alongside it. So, uh, yeah, I think Charizard. I think Charizard's great. The one thing I am a little scared of, though, the Dark Charizard. Dude, the collectors are going to be all over this thing. I hope they have like four different artworks of it for the collectors to worry about. So we can all as competitive players can get our our base arts for cheap because I'm a little scared of that, to be honest. It's a, it's like a playable Charizard. Yeah, a dark Charizard. Oof. I don't know. Prices for competitive stuff has been pretty good recently. Like, yeah, but we haven't uh... had a Charizard recently. That is true. I mean, I remember that. I mean, you played it at that first tournament. It was legal that Madison Regionals where Reshiram Charizard was legal. I mean, that card was, was like. Legal, no, it was legal a little bit before. That it was legal at uh, the one before that. What was it? Uh, Santa Clara. Because oh, sure. one with it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but. For a little while. Yeah. But regardless, so, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, early yeah. on in the set's life, like it was a super meta card. It was a super collectible yeah. card. I mean, I th what was it? Like $40, I think, for just the regular base art. Something was it like really? that. Yeah, 35, 40, something like that. <laughs> Jeez. But there's only two artworks back then. Or was there three of them? There was three. Might have been three. Damn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's like that's like the only thing that's kind of scary. Like it could be like a it could be like a forty dollar card, like the the base EX. I don't think so. I think it'll maybe get up to like high maybe the high point will be thirty. Hopefully it stays around twenty or less. But and hopefully they come up with a bunch of different artworks too. Hopefully there's like five artworks of this thing. And but also you know, yeah, since Scarlet and Violet, the print rates have been up, right? Like, everyone's pulling it feels like it. jobs of everything. So, yeah, everything is super, super cheap right now. Like, I went through my uh, buy list this week or, or end of last week and bought everything I needed heading into NAIC, and my total was, like, under $100. So, yeah. I don't know. Chi and Pow from the new set is, like, um, 10 bucks. 10 bucks, yeah. Which, like... For the best EX from the new set. That's, not, that's the most expensive card in this set competitively, right? Like Chia yeah. is. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, that's kind of kind of wild. Like, you, it's definitely different than what it has been even in the past, like, 12 months, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just since, since Scarlet and Violet, really, that's really been the big shift, it feels like, for yeah. prices of uh, competitive cards, which I love. I love it. I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> I think most people are as well it makes a pokemon a super accessible game especially compared to other card games that's why we see so many people who like dip their toes into pokemon i feel like but are also like Yu-Gi-Oh players or magic players or whatever it's just because pokemon's really cheap like you can you know roll up you know you have like a crew who like plays card games and then they're like oh you should come try a pokemon like, oh, okay cool i'll come try a pokemon and then you you know pick up a deck for 80 bucks or like a reasonably tier one tier two competitive deck for 80 bucks you could just play any other cards here as well that we want to talk about uh, just a Mawile, probably. It's got that special eater ability, which could be pretty good. We've seen this in the past on a Giratina, but a Giratina, I think, could remove special energy from anywhere, whereas Mawile with a special eater, uh, when you play it from your hand onto your bench, you may discard a special energy from your opponent's active Pokemon. I'm pretty sure Giratina could discard a special energy from anywhere. Uh, we also had Scoop of Net in the format, but Mawile, pretty good against Lugia. It removes V-Guard energy, removes uh, Gift energy. 
So it could be a cool little tech card for the Lugia matchup, possibly. And I'm sure it'll have some, uh, it'll make an appearance a little bit later. Giratina oh, was, was only actually active. only active. Um, but there was Giratina a... being pretty good. So like, I thought it would maybe add a little bit more. Yeah, but Giratina wasn't good until Scoop Net came out. There was also the Cartana True. GX that uh, this could discard from anywhere, but it was a two prize Pokemon. Yeah. Um, Did the Blade GX, though. This is one of my favorite cards, dude. <laughs> I love this card. Um, it was a pretty sick card for sure. And it, I mean, it was in the world's winning list. Robin won with Cartana. He did. He did. Yep. Yep. I got day two at that Charlotte Regionals with Counterbox Zoro with. That deck sucked, bro. That, that deck was how? so sick. Even, even Cartana couldn't carry you further, bro. He's like, Cartana, Cartana was trying. <laughs> I remember at that tournament, I one hit KO'd a Guardi GX with Gale Blade. <laughs> I went choice belt Kakui one hit KO. It was so sick. <laughs> could you set it up in one turn or do you have an energy on it ahead of time? You can set it up in one turn, on could it. you? Yeah. Insane. Yeah, it was so so cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this card is okay. Um yeah. will probably be played at some point because it does have very solid uses, like you mentioned. But I just want to see like more cards like that where it's like, okay, you can like it makes you stop and think about it for a little bit. Those are the cards that you want more of in sets, which I feel like a lot of the 151 cards did do for us. The Poppy is kind of interesting. This card move up to two energy from one of your Pokemon to another of your Pokemon. I don't know if there's anything in the format specifically right now that could utilize this, but you know, there's been tons of abilities over the years that accelerate energy to itself right if there's a pokemon that accelerates energy only to itself but like could combo with something else poppy like is, this is just an interesting effect that we haven't seen before on a supporter we saw it on lucian's assignment back in like 2010 oh yeah 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 yeah. which pram actually played to a second place finish at worlds yeah, yeah. it's definitely a very i think pram said that he, he would have cut it <laughs> i'm not 100 percent sure um but it's definitely yeah, yeah it's right. one of the ones that goes very situational card it's just cool to have more so like more cards like that in the format um but hey pachirisu existed and that was a really good card what does that do no pachirisu oh, is this... the oh wait no no no. what am i thinking shaman shaman shaman, shaman yeah yeah oh, yeah a lot of people played it well it's because it's a pokemon that's so much different than a supporter so much more access like yeah sure and you can use it aggressively alongside a supporter but it's yeah, this, this type of effect everything. right yeah i mean but the aggression you can get out of the shaman is so much more than the supporter so totally fair yeah, but yeah, that's hard, all the new cards worth talking about here. Um, from Ruler Ruler of the Black Flame that have been revealed so far. And we also Flames. did get confirmation of Scarlet and Violet 151 coming out in September. We talked about it a little bit in the episode already. but um, And we've talked about a lot of these cards as they've been released. But you can tell they're they're going all out with this release. There's a ton of products here: the binder products, the uh, the coins, the play mats, the promo cards they're including. You should the go pull elite up uh, trainer boxes. It's crazy. Oh, this isn't even like a super new tweet. You should pull up. Uh, Just trust your pilots. In oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold up, hold up. Good, good call. <laughs> Before we. Uh, move on. I thought this was oh, funny. Okay. I just saw this on Twitter. Hold up. Oh my gosh, Azul, you're killing me here. Oh shoot, I'm not even. I'm not even on you. Hold up. All right, send it. Azul just DMing random people cards that have been banned <laughs> on PTCGL. Nice. The the funny part, of course, is the text taken from the post on probably on the forums. 
no this is on the ban list dude so i mean this is it's a little cheesy it will be extremely Uh, rare occurrence for cards to be banned from the standard format that's that's talking about banned from like the normal paper oh from like oh i thought that was just taken from a i thought that was taken from a pdcg live forum post then i thought it was like very funny but it is actually that is still funny (laughs) it is still the cards that are were they banned amungus when they banned amungus not the amungus yeah it was banned pretty pretty uh early in silver tempest Oh, some game breaking bug because you know why would there be a card that lets you just like rip it from your opponent's hand and like <laughs> discard cards and stuff like that or i don't even remember exactly what this thing does but yeah so scarlet violet 151 tons of cool products you can tell they're going all out the art in this set is incredible the charmander is my yeah i looked at all of them the charmander art is my definitely my favorite that's yeah, the one so cool and it's cool that it tells a story too right because it goes it shows the charmander becoming the charmeleon becoming the charizard i don't know if that'll be in this post it doesn't look like it I'll scroll a little further. I think you're on. Nope, he's not nope, there. You're right. Not in this post. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're going all out with this. Really cool to see. I'm excited to get into this. Uh, it is interesting to me that they chose to make this Mew, which is like the most sought after card from the Japanese set. Uh, they chose to make it a promo in the mm. Ultra Premium collection. And they did the same thing with the Charizards from the Charizard Ultra Premium collection. Um, so that is kind of interesting because it's like one of your biggest chase cards in the set. You're putting it in a promo product instead, but it is like an expensive promo product, right? Like these yeah, things I are feel like, over a hundred bucks. So, yeah, I feel like Pokemon has been trying to shift away from. It almost feels like. Um, have you followed at all, like uh, cryptocurrency, Nvidia, and graphics cards? That kind of whole like Nvidia is really. trying to like prevent crypto miners from using their graphics cards to mine crypto as Got much it. as possible. They care about the gamers. They want their uh, graphics cards going to gamers so they can play video games, right? Kind of feels like Pokemon's doing a little bit of the same thing here with, you know, trying to make cards really accessible. The hit rate's really high. I know a lot of collectors don't like that. They don't. They haven't been liking the Scarlet and Violet and Paldea <laughs> evolved hit rates. So it feels like they're doing kind of do the same thing. They're trying to just make the game accessible for as many people as possible, which is cool to see for sure. Yep. And one other thing I thought was cool that we I want to mention is there's the Alakazam EX box. Because this is the first Kadabra being printed in 20 years or whatever it is. So Yeah, they just stopped caring about <laughs> whoever it was. You're, no, he said it was them. fine. He he well, said yeah, like a... Well, after how many years? Like 20 years. Yeah, after 20 years. That's what I'm saying. He stopped caring after like 20 oh, years. Oh, you were saying... I, the way you said it made me think you were saying that Pokemon stopped caring what that guy thought. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, what no, it no. sounded the, like you were saying. A person yeah, who I, was like they were in a lawsuit with or threatening to sue them or whatever yeah. stopped caring and was like all right you can print a cadaver i'm kind of i'm kind of over it who even does anyone know who that person is like who yuri geller they? who's that a magician oh does he use what does he does he use spoons was that his thing or? yeah yeah and, and how did the, just cadaver and the the thing is oh abracadabra is that his thing yeah that i think is something with it too but um it's specifically the way that Kadabra is spelled in Japanese mm. as well is almost exactly the same as the way his name is spelled. So his name, it's like uh Kadabra in Japanese, I think it's called like Ungeller and his name is Yuri Geller. Mm. It's something like that. We, we can maybe get into the, lore. we could do a, a Pokemon lore, lore episode or something <laughs> at some point history of cards, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, something else cool about this. It's also illustrated by uh, Michiharu Arita one of the most famous Pokemon card artists who's been doing it since base set. So that's pretty cool. Did they do the uh, original Kadabra? 
I don't know if he did Cadaver. He did the original base set Charizard. Pull him up on PKM and cards right now, but uh, definitely, without a doubt, one of the most famous Pokemon card artists out there. All right, well, while Chip's loading that up, I'm going to go ahead and give a big thanks to Dragon Shield for being the sponsor of the Uncommon Energy podcast. Dragon Shield makes some of the best card gaming and tabletop gaming products and accessories on the market, including sleeves, binders, deck boxes, and much more. Uh, I've been actually kind of liking their... I'm a big fan of smaller deck boxes, personally, and they have, like, the Dragon Shell uh, deck box, which they can fit easily fit a Pokemon deck in it, and then also extra sleeves as well. You can carry around your deck box or your deck box with your deck and uh, any sleeves in case you rip any of them. So I've been a big fan of those recently. Uh, so a huge shout out to Dragon Shield uh, for being the sponsor of the Uncommon Energy podcast. Find them at <clears throat> dragonshield.com slash webshop slash US or EU or pretty much everywhere else. Stuff like Amazon, Walmart, local game stores. They're everywhere. Um, so yeah, huge shout out to them as always. Yep. We love the Dragon Shield products, love using all of them, and we're super thankful that they continue to support us. And with that being said, as well, it is time for Guess That Flavor Text, the segment of the podcast where each week Azul or I will pick a card, read the flavor text, and then our co-host has to guess what Pokemon that card belongs to. You do get three lifelines, what set the card is from, what stage the card is, and read an attack name. It is my turn to pick this week. I'm up three points on Azul, so he could pick up some ground here. What do you think, Azul? Are you ready? I'm ready, Chip. Hit me with it. They propel themselves by expelling absorbed seawater from their bodies. Their favorite (laughs) food is life energy. Oh, man. That one's tough. Go ahead one more time. They propel themselves by expelling absorbed seawater from their bodies. Their favorite food is life energy. Favorite food being life energy really is throwing me off. It makes me think it's like some kind of like ghost type water Pokemon. So it's like a water Pokemon in the ocean that absorbs water, like shoots the water out of itself to propel itself forwards, you know, to move around the ocean. It feeds on life energy or it said it's it's favorite. Their favorite, favorite food? food is life is energy. Life energy. Man, I don't know. I'm kind of lost on this. I'm definitely going to have to use one of the lifelines here. Let's start with what set the card is from. It is from Black and White Next Destinies. Black and White Next Destinies. Okay, that's a long time ago. Man, that's I'm That's the Mewtwo still... EX set. Yeah. Man, Mewtwo. Oh, Mewtwo EX set. Yeah, I don't have really any rough. I'm thinking maybe like... Uh, what is the Shar- Sharpedo? Maybe, probably not though. I don't think Sharpedo's live is living off life energy. We gotta go with some. What stage is the card? It is a stage one. Stage one, maybe it is Sharpedo, but I don't think Sharpedo's living off of life energy. Let's go with reading attack name. Let's keep going. Absorb life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming that's definitely not a Sharpedo attack. So it's stage one. Absorb life. Maybe something like Jellicent? I don't know. If, I don't think Jellicent was a Pokemon back in black and white, though. Um, man, I'm really stumped here on this one. The other ones that I can think of, some kind of like, I mean, I don't got anything on this one. Jellicent is, I think, what I have to go with here. But I don't think Jellicent is a Pokemon. Like, I don't think it's in that. It, like, it hasn't been. It's not a Pokemon yet. So 
what can't be Jellicent, black and white era, black and white next destinies, Pokemon that absorbs, its favorite food is absorbing the life force. Um, One more time. Give it to me one more time. They propel themselves by expelling absorbed seawater from their bodies. Their favorite food is life energy. Again, maybe one of the Gastrodons, because I think they would be actual Pokemon, but I don't think they're... Uh, their favorite food would be life energy. That doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to go Jellicent. I got nothing. Azul, you almost switched to Gastrodon there right at the end. Oh, no. But it's a good thing you didn't because it is oh, indeed Jellicent, <laughs> Azul. Jellicent from Next Destiny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't it think Jellicent did, was a in fact, yet. exist. <laughs> so what, that's a Gen 4 Pokemon? Was that, that was Gen 5? Okay. What are we in? Gen 7? We are Next? in. We are. We're in Gen 9. <laughs> oh, man. They're really up there in the gens. Yes. But yeah, there you oh. go. It is Jellicent. I, there, this is one that some video game people... I, I bet a lot of people in the comments got four points this week, to be honest. Yeah? Is this, so, like a, is this one that people know? People know about Jellicent? Yeah, probably. I know Joe Brown, who always listens to the podcast. He's gonna. He always come, He's one of the VGC casters, and he always comes up and tells me, about the guess the flavor text and how mad he gets listening to us <laughs> trying to figure the Pokemon out. So he's probably pulling his hair out, listening to you try to figure out jealousy. I got there though. I and got there with this the... pumped when you finally got it. So uh, honestly, the Gastrodon would not have been a bad guess though, because Gastrodon does like, uh, like, Giga like, Drain. Kind of... like it knows Giga Drain in the, the games. Like it's that's not a... like a, it... See, Jellison, I could see being like an. It feels that feels evil, right? Jellison, right I don't think right. Gastrodon's evil, right? No, so Jellison was, like, was a better guess because obviously yeah, yeah. it's also correct. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have Based faulted you knowledge. for the Gastrodon guess, is what I'm saying. Okay, okay, all right. Well, with that said, got a couple tournaments to talk about. One being the Japan Championship. So this is effectively Japan's largest tournament of the year, except Worlds in Japan this year. So that'll be the largest event of the year in Japan. But this is their. National championships, whatever you want to call it, similar to that. Um, basically, the biggest tournament in Japan besides Worlds this year, of course. And uh, we don't. We talked about it last week that we were going to wait to see some more results. But we still don't have that much of the top sixteen here filled out. Uh, but we do have some to talk about. Of course, Meloetta Mew did take it all down, which uh, yeah. to me is a little we bit of a surprise. To, but we did talk about these first two lists last yeah. week. <clears throat> oh, that um, is true. Yeah, we did. But yeah, definitely a little bit of a surprise. We talked about the Ice Q last week, and I did want to mention this because someone in the comments brought up that Ice Q is in the deck for um, Backscalibur. So what you can oh, yeah, do I is you that, can yeah. you can like judge or Iono and KO the Backscalibur, which is kind of cool. And especially if they don't expect the Ice Q, right? Um, Wait, doesn't like Backscalibur kind of, have 170 HP? I think it has 160. I could be wrong. Well, you can KO the Frigidbacks, I guess, early on. Yeah. You can have that. You have that as like a tool. I think it has 160. Yeah, it has oh, it 160. Okay, so yeah, you can get there with the, the four fusion energy. Yeah. Or like Over you mentioned, night. KO Frigibax early, which also works. Yeah. Or even like against the Guardian matchup, go KO a Ralt instead of KOing like the Mew or something that's in the active, right? Like even that sounds like a little bit more beneficial. And we have seen a lot of the online lists have actually been including this Ice Cube. I mean, it feels like it might be something that people are playing moving forward here. Yeah, I mean, I think Mew does need more, like, to deal with... You can also snipe the Spirit Tomb, of course, which we, which was our kind of go-to reason as to why you'd play it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it feels like moving... I mean, you just need more tools in Mew, right? They're, they got 
people got Drapion, people got Spiritomb. Having an extra tool of your own sounds like it is probably pretty worth it. You can even do stuff like Snipe and Archaeops too, right? Like that's something that could be cool. Uh, of course, you're getting one AK by a dark Pokemon. You probably don't have the time to snipe an Archaeops, but <laughs> if that's not happening, you might have the time to go around them for sure. So yeah, I think Mew is still going to be... I, I'm not sold, still not sold on Mew being like a tier one deck or anything like that. Tier two, maybe even tier three, to be honest, is where I'm kind of at with Mew still right now. But uh, I think it is definitely still going to be a pretty heavily played deck, you know, moving forward. Well, it did also get third place in the tournament. So yeah, and this was the... That. The, this is a very interesting list. <laughs> yeah, they've got uh, their own Drapion have... in here. They've got the yeah. Luxray and the Reversal Energy. And only one Fusion Energy is probably the biggest, yeah, biggest thing to take away here. They're not. They don't have a great way to deal with Spirit Tomb. If they get Spirit Tombed, they're kind of in trouble. That's what we did see. I did Vod review their match against Guardvor, and that's kind of what happened. The the Guardvor player, the Guardvor player did going uh, second both games, open Spirit Tomb both games, which means the, the Mew player never got that like first initial turn to try and set up and dig for having a better follow-up they kind of just like that kind of fell apart as soon as the spirit team got flipped over turn one but yeah that's probably just um, a little unlucky there like i feel like if you get one turn worst case scenario you can like attack on turn two even if you're not yeah. digging in like bossing what you want to or power tablet reaching for a one-hit knockout on a Zacian, like you're at least able to do something and you get yourself a turn to try to find the fusion strike energy um, and you can obviously find the Fusion Strike Energy with, well, I was going to say Cremomatic, but that's not in this list. I forget Cremomatic's like an $80 card over in Japan because it's a tournament it's a promo. promo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. They just have no cram. They didn't even realize that. Yeah. Four yeah. Feather Ball <laughs> instead. Yeah, budget Man, yeah. Mew over here. <laughs> Man, I mean, thankfully, we don't have that those kind of situations come up. Although there was four cram in the first place list. We don't have those situations come up at all over here. Like, those cards are always, like, pretty easily accessible. We don't have any yeah. weird tournament Champions promos. Festival or anything like that. Well, that's true. But I guess everyone has to deal with that. Except for European players. They just get to, like, literally play, like, $50 <laughs> yeah. Champions Festivals. Like, Japan and, uh, Japan Dude, and even, America. Even the foreign ones are, like, 150 bucks now. Going up, too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's an unfortunate world out there. But if we take a look at the rest of the results, which we didn't really cover at all last week, uh, a lot of lost Tina. Lost Zone in general, right? Four lost Zone decks, three lost Tina, uh, and a lost box. I think one of the things we constantly see, though, even when like the the Tinas are there in top eight, it feels like they're never being able to push for the wins. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, obviously, Azul, you've been a pretty big, in the last format, a big-time hater of the the lost Tina deck now. What what a lot of people probably don't realize is like that the, the strong <laughs> opinion that you have on that is entirely based on the deck in that format. In right? the Scarlet like, by the format, yeah. Yes. Lost Tina was a good deck in the Lost Origin format when it first came out, right? Like I think you would admit that the, like the deck was really strong. Yeah, it was solid. Then. I think it was good. Yeah. But like it was just so much weaker in the Scarlet Violet format than what the other options were. Definitely. So because that was the case in Scarlet and Violet. For your opinion to change moving into Paldea Evolved, it would have to mean that the new cards that came out had a good impact on it, or the way the meta shifts made the deck a little bit stronger. Do you think either of those things are true to warrant Lost Tina seeing the results that we've seen from it so far? Because not only is it uh, three of the top eight spots here in Japan, but it's also been doing pretty solid in the online events. It's the fifth most played deck on Play Limitless currently, and it's done pretty decently, won a, winning several large tournaments already. Um, I don't think so. I think it's I think it might it might end up being the best way to play Lost Zone because I feel like it plays off the board a little bit more heavily. 
than like a Kyogre build or like a Turbo build. Like, you know, you get Iono'd, you have to like find all your pieces for your Dragonite in one turn. But if you get Iono'd as Tina, you could have the Tina on the bench with an energy, you could have a V-Star on the bench with the energy just chilling. So it plays out the board a little bit better, I feel like. But it can yeah, withstand honestly, the disruption a little bit better. I honestly just still don't think Tina's very good. I, and I actually think overall, you know, once I've kind of fleshed out my testing a little bit more, I think I'll probably think that Lost Box in general is just better than uh, Giratina. It's like the better play. But like that's the only reason I could see it switching up. And that's probably why we've been seeing more people try it out at the very least. And maybe we've seen the better results because that might be true or it might be that's what people think. And it's still like a like Lost Tina last format. I don't think it was actually like a terrible deck, and it was only like Bro, a few points you short. Did. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> well, it, it's there was no reason to ever play it. It was like in the grand scheme of things, it was just like a couple points worse than every single other Lost Zone deck. So why would you ever play the deck? Becomes a terrible deck at that point, right? Sure, sure. You no, know, there could be a deck that's just like just off a tier list that's just like one point short of being able to make a tier list, but it's not even on a tier list, right? So, um, yeah, the deck was like Glass Form. There was no reason to play Lost Tina. So that does make it a terrible deck. But like in the grand scheme of Pokemon decks in that format, like if a, a Lost Tina got like a top eight or something, I wouldn't be shocked. Like we saw Maridon get a couple top eights early on in the last format, but Maridon was also a terrible deck, right? Like <laughs> I think Maridon was probably worse than Lost Tina, to be honest. If I had to pick between Lost Tina and Maridon last format, I think I'd rather play Lost Tina. A lot more versatile than the Maridon. So, uh, but yeah, in this format, it might be just good enough to like, be worth considering but as like right now my prediction is like, i don't think lost Tina is still very good it does get a couple cool new cards here i mean we see in this top four list two super rod three jet energy the jet energy specifically is probably something that helps the deck a bit yeah um it, it means you need one less switching card like even if you're not using it to uh, use another comfy right if you're using it on the turn you want to attack with your tina you can jet energy it to the active and mirage gate so it's just like one less thing you need on that turn. Now, granted, this list is not maxed on switching cards either. Yeah, and that's kind of been a trend from a lot of the lists I've seen. Also, another trend I've seen, which I don't really understand, is that all of these Lost Tina lists play a lot of disruption. It's pretty common to see two Roxanne, one Iono, or two Iono, one Roxanne. Like people are playing three disruption supporters in this deck now in the last format people would play like one maybe two roxanne because you could just lost zone one and you had another one um in their lost tinas and i do think like an end game roxanne with the tina is pretty strong but um if you i mean if you're using iono early which would be like the main reason to play it over roxanne right um you're not playing chorus which is pretty good (laughs) chorus is a pretty important card I've, I've actually kind of the more i've kind of tested this format iono is actually really good against gardvor so disruption in general is like really good against gardvor actually to be honest um as you get down to those late game scenarios you start taking your knockouts like it can be hard for them to reset up a pokemon big enough to actually like return knockout your your giratina so disruption is really good against gardvor really good against other lost zone decks and those are probably going to be the top two decks in this format right so i don't know i think it just kind of goes a long way in the and the majority of the meta so we'll see what happens with Lost Tina. There was another Lost Box deck, just a kind of more traditional Sky Seal Stone build in the top 16. Similar to like what you did uh, when OCIC with, obviously like a lot of different cards here with like the Jet Energy and stuff like that. The Artisan as well. What are your thoughts on Artisan in the Lost Box decks in general? In a build like this, I don't mind it, but anything that's more aggressive, I feel like Pokestop is just insanely powerful right now. Now that we have Super Rod over Clara, like mm. in a build like this, I don't mind the Artisan over Pokestop, but I think Pokestop has so much value in 
most builds of Lost Box right now. So yeah, I'd just be playing Focus Stop. Being able to just like find the Super Rod or find any other card without the risk of discarding your Clara is just like so good. It's kind of a <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of crazy strong right now. But for a build like this, I don't mind the the, the Artisan overall. I think it's still solid for sure because you want like it gives you a Stadium Bump plus a way to find a basic Pokemon. They're kind of cutting on their nest ball outs, but now that you know you have another way to like bump Path to the Peak. How are you feeling about jet energy as well? Is the other thing I want to ask because uh in a build like this, it seems okay. I don't know. I have to I haven't barely played any of this new format to be honest, because of PTCG Live is just so bad. Whenever I stream, I'm always doing something else. So <laughs> uh obviously synergizes pretty well with Snorlax and Raikou. Doesn't synergize very well with Greninja or Dragonite, though. So that's where it comes up a little bit short, maybe. It's an interesting card. I don't know how much I like it overall in Mirage Gates build Mirage Gate builds, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been some lists we've already seen doing well in online events. Like there was this who played it. Jeremy Gibson won a late night 15 and two final record with this Kyogre build. Hope he stops with the triple Sableye, triple stop, double super rod. Still had the Clara in here as well, just it's as an additional cringe, option. But uh, yeah, no two prizers, which was something that like, you know, we were a big no fan VIP of last pass. format. Oh, no VIP pass either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's built like this, I think are super cool and like really leaning heavily into the power of Super Odd. Like I like stuff like this. Like Pokestop is just insanely powerful and it works super well with a kind of build like this. Also the Triple Sableye. I've been kind of preaching Triple Sableye since I uh, <laughs> learned about Iono. Uh, I think Triple Sableye is super good in Lost Box because it allows you to consistently keep like two Sableye in play. So when you're getting iono you have a follow-up Sableye against like Guardian stuff. So there is a tournament this weekend the first tournament in the Paldea evolved format in the Western part of the world, at least. Uh, and that is going to be the Puerto Rico special event. Now there is one problem, however, uh, and that is a tropical storm slash hurricane is set to hit the Island this weekend. So if anyone's planning to go to the Puerto Rico special event, definitely something you want to keep your eye on. Um, and I would also just encourage people that it is not worth, potentially getting stranded <laughs> on an island uh he's not worth in the it. atlantic yeah the, it, just for a few championship points it's definitely not worth being stuck on an island that is being bombarded by a hurricane um yeah and how long is it gonna last i was gonna say because also like nic is the weekend after right so yeah um, yeah like there's a chance know, but I... like flights out might be canceled for several days after right so yeah definitely I mean... something to be a little mindful of if you're planning to fly down yeah, I don't, like in for me personally, if I had planned to go there, this would probably discourage me from wanting to go there. I would do a little bit more research myself to see what the um, actual potential for everything is. And now this is is this going into this weekend, right? It's going into yeah, this eight a.m. Friday. So, this is Puerto Rico right here. Eight a.m. Yeah. Saturday, you can see it's like on top of the island, pretty much. Yeah, so I would do like a little bit more research just to kind of confirm myself what uh, what the potential of everything would be. But it definitely seems like it's not worth going anymore, personally. Like, I would cancel my flight. If, if I was in this situation, like, as of right now with the information I have, I would cancel my flight. And uh, <laughs> just, like, you know, if, I've, if I'm in, like, that situation where I need points for Worlds, um, it, for the people it truly sucks for is, like, people who are trying to get their invite. And now this was their last opportunity. They didn't get into NAIC. So that's, like, the people probably hits the hardest for if you have to make that yeah. judgment call and not go but um if you're in an aic and you're like one of those top 16 grinders or whatever just do better NAIC. like that just has to be your 
your route, which is just fine. It's not like a big. And deal. there's also a chance the tournament will just get canceled, right? And yeah, I think exactly like, as well. The the TO hopefully will make that call very soon if it is going to be canceled. Um, obviously, the TO is going to be someone from Puerto Rico, so like they're the most familiar with what these hurricanes are like down there. It's, I mean, every single year they get hit by something pretty bad, so they're definitely used to having to deal with this. Uh, you know, I mean, same thing if you live in one of the southern states like Florida, Georgia, Alabama, yeah. like you're used to dealing with this pretty regularly. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, we just everyone in Puerto Rico stay safe as well. Like, I mean, if yeah, even if you're safe, not someone sure. that's flying down, like if you're just a, a local or you're coming from one of the other Latin America countries, maybe um, to Puerto Rico, like anywhere that it's cheap enough to fly to. Yeah, just stay safe and consider <laughs> all these things if you're considering traveling but if the tournament does go on how they evolved is legal i don't know if there is a stream planned for it or not but there was i think i saw something about that, that there okay. is i'll be trying to personally restream that um... yeah i was gonna ask what are your big predictions first paldea evolved events do you have any hot um, takes it'll... anything you expect to see like I mean, my zero backscalibur like, and cut or <laughs> i mean that's wouldn't be a surprise at all um i mean guardian lost box are gonna be the top two decks guardy for something like this i wouldn't be like i think for any i see guardy will be the number one most played deck for this i could see guardy not being the number one most played deck because it just like when events are smaller the chance of the kind of true meta not having its full taking its full form is like just more likely if that makes sense so <clears throat> Or like true natural form, right? Like because you, you could like theoretically the optimal format, you know, whatever, whatever. But yeah, the the, the true natural form of it, like we'll, we'll see probably a little bit more of NAC where Guardi will probably be the most played deck. But yeah, uh, Guardi Lost Box will be the top two, and then everything else from there. Who has any clue? You know? Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I'm interested to see where the Backscalibur Chien Pao deck ends up. Like, I think the combo is obviously very strong, but just what is its place in the meta, right? Can it withstand Gardevoir? Is Gardevoir too good for it? Uh, because obviously the deck is very powerful. You know, uh, can it hold on against Lost Box? Can it deal with Mew? I think it's probably fine against stuff like Mew, right? Um, and like maybe Lugia. Where What does Lugia look like in this format? Are we going to see the colorless builds emerge? Or is Single Strike Lugia still really solid? I've been I've been liking the Single Strike build still personally. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's still a lot to ask. And I don't think we're going to get... We're not going to get too many answers from the Puerto Rico special event. We'll have to wait for an AIC to get the true answers, I think. Um, We can do maybe just like, so if Puerto Rico does happen, what's the deck that you would predict to win the tournament? Um, well, If I knew fully <clears throat> which American players were going, I would probably lean towards Lost Box. I'll probably just go with Lost Box, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a Mew deck winning, to be honest. Again, another one, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, it's Dude, just Mew season your these days. In, get your spirit <laughs> teams out there. Not bugged IRL. You can play them in Puerto Rico. It's just Stop Mew season, this baby. Happen, bro. Please. Mew season. Mew season. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Um, mm. And the other thing, too, like, I think DTE Mew seems really strong right now. If Spiritomb doesn't get played, right? And no tomb. if people don't pack the tomb, then Mew can, I think, be really good. But if people are packing the tomb, DT Mew does up. not have a good answer, right? I mean, you just kind of fold 
pretty quickly. That one fusion energy is all you need. We saw that <laughs> in the <laughs> top four. From I, and you can play with Cramomatics, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we guaranteed got the Cram. So, you know, search it out. Good to go. Um, like, it probably does have here. to be Fusion Mew, though, like at least at the start. I think the Gardevoirs are going to play Spear Tomb. I think some Lost Box might have the Spear Tomb in there because, like, it's not just good against Genesect, right? There's other. It's really good against Lugia as well because, yeah, like, Lugia is Lugia's really pretty, Lugia. pretty reliant on Luminion throughout a game. So, yeah, it's super good against Lugia as well. Yeah. yeah Spear Tomb is just like really good in general right now. I think it's probably worth running. Um, depends. If, if the Mew gets scared off too much, then I probably wouldn't run the Spear Tomb. But uh, the combination of Mew plus Lugia is making team look pretty pretty good well we're just a couple weeks away from naic it's just around the corner and maybe the results from this tournament will give us something to uh kind of make meta calls with heading into naic um but with that i think that is it for this week azul unless you've got anything else you want to add no i think that's it send us out chip Yep, send us out, and we will get right into the bonus episode in just a second. But for now, we do want to thank everyone for listening. If you do enjoy the podcast, please be sure to drop us a rating, a review. Those things go a long way and help us out a ton. If you want to stay connected with us, the best place to do that is over on Twitter. You can follow myself at Chip Ritchie, Azul, at Azul underscore GG. And then the podcast is at Uncommon underscore Energy. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate the support. As always, everyone. Uh, good luck to anyone who is uh, in Puerto Rico, whether the tournament happens or not. Stay safe. We'll catch you next Tuesday at 7 a.m. Eastern. And we're going to go ahead and get into the bonus episode over on the Patreon.